Welcome to another episode of the Superpowered Fancast. This is your host, Darren. And as you can tell from the opening music, this episode of the Superpowered Fancast is going to actually have a theme, and that theme being metal. Now, I am a metal fan, uh, in case you didn't know. Why would you? I've never talked about it before. But I am, in fact, a metal fan. But we're not talking about metal music this time. We're not talking about heavy metal. We're actually talking about DC Comics' new story arc, Metal, Dark Knight's Metal. And it's a great, this is a very special episode because I have a great guest that I'm gonna, uh, that's gonna talk to me about metal and i think you're going to really enjoy it um but before we get into that special guest we uh, get into that interview uh i'm going to go ahead and recap the story so far now if you haven't read it i would go ahead and and read it before you before you move forward listening to this because i'm going to spoil some stuff but i'm going to try not to give away the whole story because you know it's 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 up to you to to go ahead and, and listen and and learn and experience it the way I have because again I really enjoy this story. I have been enjoying uh, DC Comics since uh, DC Rebirth. I liked New Fifty Two. There were elements of it that I wasn't a fan of, but ultimately I you know I kind of uh, they they won me back fully with Rebirth. Like it is the it is the way I enjoy reading DC Comics characters and there just seems to be a lot of really great um, collaborations with uh, creators over there and there's some really great uh, stories coming out of that and it just seems like the it seems like the people over there are just having fun uh, with um, with DC right now and by extension as a fan I'm having fun reading it so I'm going to start with uh, the first part of the story, and there's, uh, it's going to be a, a huge arc that's going to cover the entire DC universe, and that's one of the things I love about it. But it's not what you're thinking as far as it's not like another like Crisis on Infinite Earths or, or Infinite Crisis or Final Crisis. Um, this is a, a different kind of story than that. But um, it does touch on the the history of the DC universe and and a part of it that hasn't actually never uh, been explored before. So it actually uh, the first uh, part of the story arc, which is Dark Days, the Forge, and I don't mean like the overall because there's stuff that's been kind of you know going uh, you know, going through the through the DC universe that, that connects to this, that, um, that we'll find out in subsequent issues. And, and frankly, that our, our guest actually talks about a little bit, but, um, this one actually is about the journal of one, Mr. Carter Hall. If you don't know who that is, and you know, if you're listening to this, you probably know who that is. Mr. Carter Hall is in fact, Hawkman. So this is about, uh, his journey. Uh, it's about his journal, not his journey. But there's a lot of information because apparently he stumbled across a mystery, a mystery that uh, is seeping into the entire uh, universe. And, you know, when you have a, a huge giant mystery, who do you call? It'd be the world's greatest detective, of course, that'd be Batman. So this is, uh, even though it, it's a, it's a uh, industry Spanning, or it's a it's a universe uh, spanning uh, story arc. It is a very simple story, and it involves Batman trying to solve a mystery. And 
so you have him, you know, and what's really great about this is that it just seems like he's been on this mystery for a while. Like he's had a lot of stuff in place that is now starting to uh, catch the attention of other people, like some other really big people who have probably never even uh, thought about um, Batman before, but they're, you know, they're keyed in and focused on him now. And it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. So besides having uh, Bruce having interactions with uh, with with uh, Arthur Curry with Aquaman, um, he's actually uh, raised the attention of the Guardians of the Universe, and one of them, I think, and Ganthet sends Hal Jordan back to Earth to find out what's going on. Which means you got uh, Green Lanterns. Like you have, like uh, all the way um, out in outer space, they're concerned about what Batman's doing, so they dispatch Hal Jordan to find out. And he actually uh, he invades the Batcave and gets um, attacked by Duke Thomas of all people, who apparently has been sent there to uh, to protect uh, to protect the cave. And the two of them actually discover a subcave within the cave, which is interesting in and of itself, especially considering uh, who it contains. And uh, we go, we get a lot more information from, um, from Carter's journal about the history of he and Shire and how it's not just a, it's not just one part of the story that there are different elements to it. And a lot of them have to do with nth metal. And if you know anything about Thanagarians and you know about, uh, then you know about Nth Metal. But you also have to deal with, um, with Batman again, like he's, he's keeping a lot of stuff really close to the vest in this story, but there are indications that he's got people working for him, uh, specifically people like, uh, Mr. Terrific, like apparently he's got Mr. Terrific chair, uh, checking out some information, um, that's 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 gonna be it's gonna be wild to find out because it's about the multiverse, and we find out that uh, apparently he's uh, keeping Plastic Man in a uh, well, basically in an egg shape, which is intriguing to me because I really want to know what that's all about. But then you got you know Duke and uh, Duke and Hal just kind of checking out the checking out this sub cave and they get all the way to the end and who do they find well i don't well i guess i can just go ahead and say it they find joker apparently joker has been being kept in the bat cave by batman all this time and he's been kept there for a very specific reason because uh, apparently uh, he knows something about what's going on and what's about to happen, and he doesn't like it. In fact, it looks like it's something that actually scares the Joker, which is interesting in and of itself. So that's where you kind of lead off with um, with the Forge. I mean, there's other parts of it. There's definitely other mysteries. Like there's actually a hidden chamber under the Fortress of Solitude that. Um, that Bruce pro- made uh, made Clark promise to never uh, never go down, but 
Bruce needs Mr. Miracle to break into. So uh, that's that's an interesting storyline. But that's uh, that's basically it. That's what happens with with the Forge. It's basically just kind of like the catalyst for the mysteries to come. And then you have the next part of that story being the casting. Now you get you know the uh, it, it's a prelude to metal, so you're kind of getting like that that metal theme, which I think is 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 really awesome. And that you interpret it different ways. It's both like you know metal music, or but also just like you know actual forging of metal. So that's that's uh, that's something I find fun. Now the casting, Dark Days, the casting continues the mystery but it adds a new element and adds a new element uh with a bunch of uh hooded figures called the immortals now um there's like 14 of them that you can that you can see in the panel but you really actually only get to see three in this issue and uh the three that you get to see are uh Raish al ghul so, I mean, the mortal thing makes sense. Uh, the wizard Shazam, again, and also uh, Mary Seward, or the uh, Queen of Blood. So, you get to see the three of them as they are participating in a ceremony, just an interesting uh, ceremony that, uh, that requires uh, Shazam to strike something with a, with a blade that causes, you know, just sparks everywhere um now eventually uh it it goes back to the present where you have batman uh meeting up with wonder woman to try and figure out where the olympian gods have gone to as he's trying to uh, have a meeting with hephaestus uh regarding the regarding the metal now he doesn't get the information that he that he wants but he does get something from diana that he might need going forward, a, a, a weapon forged by the gods themselves. And back in, back in the Batcave, you have, you know, um, Joker basically kind of baiting uh, Duke and Hal into releasing him. And as they do so, um, he, uh, he, you know, for some reason, uh, Hal can't use his, his ring, which which is uh which is interesting but you also get more uh information and background from carter's uh from carter's journal about a war uh between uh between bats and birds and it looks like that's probably going to be something that's going to play into uh the storyline going forward especially since it um since it also deals with the blade that shazam i guess enchanted and also with uh, the challengers of the unknown, which have been uh, which have been missing in uh, in DC Rebirth. So you have, um, and then you also have like the return of uh, of Talia, who apparently strikes a deal with Bruce for uh, to exchange one uh, one weapon for another, and it turns out that this weapon is the blade uh, Shazam and chance. So it's uh, again, the, the mystery just gets deeper and deeper in this, in this story. And the, uh, just even the conversation between uh, Joker and Duke is so interesting to, uh, 
so interesting to to see and to hear is that you really you want to know what's going to happen next and it's and every panel just 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 moves the story forward in a way where it's like your your curiosity continues to be peaked and like even when um even when Carter finally you know kind of makes his decision uh to to go like there's there's mystery in that that you want to know about and even when Batman finally you know shows up back at the cave like he 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 gives them some of the information uh, that they want when they when they demand an explanation, but he doesn't give them everything. And when they finally, um, when when Bruce finally kind of gets the information that he that he's seeking, or at least thinks he he is, it comes to find out later that you know he might have done, might have basically opened a doorway that he probably shouldn't have, and started a chain of events that he's probably going to regret. So that's kind of the story so far. And like I said, I didn't want to spoil anything, but it's such a great story that I, it's, it's hard for me not to talk about it without, uh, without giving details because it's so, it's so rich and immersive. Like you feel like you kind of feel like Bruce when you're, um, when you're, you know, when you're involved in it. And it's, it's something that I've been enjoying immensely. And I definitely recommend you pick up and read. Um, but as for the next part of the show, it's actually going to be my talking to the 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 mind behind metal, uh, the writer of um, of this story, like the person who the, the man who has crafted uh, this story from 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 years back and kind of planted little seeds throughout his run on uh, on on Batman and others, um, and that's uh, Scott Snyder. Now. Every month uh, on Geeks Worldwide, I um, I've done an interview with uh, with Scott Snyder where we've talked about uh, comics, we've talked about upcoming things with metal, we've talked about uh, his run on All Star Batman or or some of the other works that he's doing, and um, we didn't you know we didn't last month because you know he's so into. Uh, he's he's doing a lot of stuff right now for metal and then he's been on the con circuit like he just came back from from san diego so i for one want to thank him for for the time because i know um i know just from following his uh just from following his his uh his twitter feed that he's been he's been in the thick of it for (laughs) for a while now on the con circuit so uh the fact that he that he had the time or he took the time uh, to to have this conversation with me um, is something I I truly appreciate and I think you all will enjoy. So um, it's it's a lot it's non spoilery. It's not a, the he does a kind of tease a lot of stuff that's that's coming up. So I think that will that will pique your interest. But uh, right now here's Scott Snyder. All right, this is Darren with the Superpowered Fancast, and I am talking with uh, one of my favorite writers, and I'm sure if you're listening to this, one of yours as well, um, who has brought us some amazing work on Batman and All-Star Batman, and uh, is working on what uh, what I've been talking about this entire uh, episode, being uh, metal. Um, so I just kind of really just want to get into just talking to, to him right now. So, uh, so everyone listening, this is uh, Scott Snyder. Hey, thanks again for having me, man. I appreciate it, Darren. I love uh, coming on. 
Well, I absolutely appreciate talking to you. So, um, I've been like this, this whole episode, I've just kind of been going through the story so far and I don't want you to tell it, say anything that's, that's beyond what we've already, uh, got in front of us. And this is, yeah, this is going up like probably at the end of, uh, at the end of July. So we're not even close to, we're not even close to, it's almost like right now we're not even scratching the surface of the story and it's still so, so immersive. So I just kind of like, there's literally like just the casting and the forge. There's so much information there. I just want to talk about. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's a dense one, but it's funny because at heart, it's a really simple story. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, like the metal has like a really sort of, um, sort of basic, uh, design. It's, you know, the justice league discovers that beneath the multiverse is a dark multiverse and that multiverse is coming to invade mm -hmm. and they need nth metal to stop it. And the first wave of that invasion are sort of these, uh, seven evil dark knights that are almost like Batman's nightmares about himself because the dark multiverse is, if the multiverse as Grant describes it as sort of the sentient waking set kind of living, uh, almost reality that we're all a part of, then, the dark multiverse is almost like this subconscious, uh, oceanic kind of roiling realm that's much, much bigger, almost like dark energy and dark matter are to antimatter and positive matter in the, in the actual universe. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's really simple, like, in, in terms of its construction, but it's got a lot of connections to, like, deep DC continuity and a lot of, you know, Easter eggs from our run and, and Infinite Crisis and Crisis Infinite Earths and... Final Crisis and Grant's Run and Dark Side War and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, on the one hand, it's like a simple story you can pick up without knowing anything DC. But mm -hmm. if you know DC stuff, it's kind of super packed. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things I really enjoy about it. I mean, I loved like just turning the page and seeing uh, Plastic Man, or just the fact that you're getting uh, that a lot of the stories told from the, from the journals of uh, of Carter Hall. Just, just all of that, um, just all of that history of, of DC just is, is, is great to just find, to find myself immersed in. Like, it's, it's like, um, just the fact that this is something that's been kind of bubbling beneath the surface of, of DC for so long. And, and the fact that it, even though, like, that it's part of Rebirth, but it's not something that's taking away from Rebirth. It's like everything is, is kind of, feeding on feeding off of and and enhancing each other so i'm just uh i've been impressed with everything so far no i appreciate that it's, it's a strange line to walk because on the one hand um you know rebirth has been so successful for us and, and the real project there was kind of a reclamation of of some of the classic material classic characters and also just the classic sort of connective tissue between those characters that got lost with the new 52 in a bunch of instances. So, mm -hmm. um, with that being sort of the reestablishment of a lot of, um, sort of legacy aspects of DC, it gave us room here to do the opposite where it was all about the generation of new stuff. So generating new characters, new concepts, a whole new, basically it's almost like I was tasked with writing a crisis story, but I didn't want to, they, you know, suggested and I didn't want to use any of the old pieces. Like, Mm -hmm. and the anti-monitor and the, you know, monitor, over-monitor, the 52 monitors we wanted, um, you know, or Nick's we wanted, or Alexander Luthor, 
yeah. we wanted it to be sort of like what's a new a new territory we can explore with a new villain and new threats and they will generate new heroes new concepts so the dark matter books also that spin out of metal are sort of inherently sort of uh, new new projects with new talent new um and new characters a lot of the time cut from whole cloth other times kind of greatly reinvented so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's an interesting line because on the one hand i want it to be celebratory and to be a real tribute to um dc's great past and my favorite stories um you know of the past uh 10 years 20 years 30 years um and on the other uh and, and that's always part of the fun part one of the fun things about an event is to you get the chance to kind of bring back a lot of the characters or the storylines that you love and on the other hand, I want it to be something that feels like it's um, kind of barreling at, you know, a thousand miles an hour towards stuff that you're just surprised to see that's brand new. Yeah, and there is like a great pace to everything in the story. It just, and I'm, I'm sorry if I'm, uh, I, I'm sorry if I, if I fanboy a lot. It's just that I'm, I'm really enjoying. <laughs> no, I'm, please go ahead. That never gets old. I said, I'm just, I'm, when people are like, I know you, you might hear this a lot, but I really loved this story or that, and you're like. Do go on. <laughs> you know, so. no, no, but I have been really enjoying it. Like it just in, and what I love about the pacing is that it does feel like an investigation, like a mystery. Like you're almost casting yourself in the role of Batman while you're reading it. Like I like the fact that that uh, Mister Terrific shows up and that he has been uh, that he's been investigating things on his own for Batman. Like just the fact that. You know he's the world's greatest detective, but you're getting this sense that he's been on this mystery for a long time. He's enlisted other people. He, he maybe he hasn't told them everything, but he's told them enough to keep to keep to pique their interest. So it's just it's great to see. So I mean, I, I just and and so from even from a from a writing perspective, just where um like do you kind do you have it in your do you have the the whole story laid out in your head, like all the all the twists and turns as well, or is it just like, hey, I, I have these beats I want to hit, and then organically the mysteries come out of them? No, well, it depends. Like, I mean, I have, and it's interesting. Um, that's a great question. I mean, I, everybody has a really different process. So, for example, I was talking to Tom King, and he's someone who kind of figures. Uh, he feels like a lot of the discovery comes from writing itself so he'll he'll often sort of discover his endings or discover at least parts of the story as he goes um for me is a little bit of that (laughs) in the middle usually um i leave myself room to sort of explore Mm -hmm. but i know i always know the first act really strongly and then i know the turning point in the middle and then like the midpoint and then i know the end really strongly so i'll know kind of um you know the first five, six major, and there are like 20 beats in it, let's say, I would know the first five, six really strongly, mm-hmm. the middle, when it kind of all turns, and there's no going back, and then I would know the last, you know, four or five beats really strongly, so it would give me about eight, nine beats, or whatever it is in the middle, to kind of, to, to figure out, or to play with, but those are the ones that, you know, you, it, they can't really steer that far left or right, so for example, without giving too much away, in Metal 3 right now, I was writing a scene between the characters where um, they're really desperate and they're just down. You know, they're really mm-hmm. down and they're not sure how they're going to beat these guys, the Dark Knights, and they're not sure how they're going to 
win and um if you know if they can and and the scene initially took place uh in the um in a in a in the uh uh watchtower you know which it uh i was using and then i was like no it's just too good it's too mm-hmm. it gives them too much power it doesn't make sense why the dark knights wouldn't come there but that was written in my outline and instead i was like oh well if they're escaping the dark knights and they're trying to go someplace that's you know, off the map, and I've already used or mentioned Skatarus and Gemworld. I, you haven't, you have, I guess you haven't seen that yet. No, but no. I, I'm like, I kind of, in the first issue, give this theory about why certain places like Nanda Parbat and that stuff are all off the maps in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, what about the Oblivion Bar? And that felt perfect, so that sort of became, let me set it there, that brings in Detective Chimp, brings in Jim Rook, like all that kind of fun stuff that I love, mm-hmm. you know. So it's sort of those things I kind of figure out as I go, sort of the 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 shape of a scene or the context of a scene. You know, sometimes I'll figure out, like, within that scene, for example, I had initially beaded it out or plotted it out so that it was going to entail uh, an argument between um, uh, Superman and Wonder Woman about what to do. Uh, and it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel organic, and it felt much more because... Batman is at the crux of it that it would be a fight between Dick and Damien that sort of mm-hmm. sparked things and so I changed it to that so that, that's kind of the flexibility I leave myself you know the fluidity of, of writing for me but in terms of like the story if you're asking like the big aspects of it how it ends the levers it pulls because it pulls some pretty big levers at the end I mean it's not a story I'll just say it right now I mean there'll be some casualties or whatever in certain ways but mm-hmm. it's not a story that's designed to sort of end with a bang because die it's 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 meant to be a story that ends with a complete like what the f like Mm -hmm. it ended and it was happy and then what like wait that just created all this kind of crazy story rolling forward this surprise that we didn't know was coming so it's meant to be additive and Mm -hmm. um and add new series new characters and also new story to the existing series in ways that are organic to the um to the writers, uh, writers' projects as they stand now, artists' projects. So I talked to everybody, you know, from from Pete and Pat on Superman, and Dan Abnett's really heavily involved with me. He's writing some of um, the crossover stuff, and mm-hmm. Robin Diddy is too, and Josh Williamson and James Tynan are also obviously like mm-hmm. super close yeah. with me um, on this thing and, and hugely helpful. So I'm actually talking to them right when I'm on the phone <laughs> with you for a. We have a late night meeting with DC, so I got you. you know, the, um, it's a lot of fun in that regard, and it's very, um, it's very sort of plotted out in terms of the ending and what happens post the ending. Mm-hmm. But the middle, like right, I guess I'm right there right now. Like the I'm writing issue four now of six. Um, that area is kind of the area where I realize, oh, you know what? When we go to the Dark Multiverse, I'm going to use this instead of that, or yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's actually what I wanted to know, especially like a lot of the process stuff. I wanted to, I, I, I appreciate the fact that you know, you, you know where you're going, but you li- but you allow yourself the flexibility to change, uh, to change the road as long as you're still getting to the same destination. So I think that, uh, yeah, very much. yeah and I, I, I appreciate that. So I mean, and, um, again, the fact that you're, you know, you're, you're into it right now. Like, are there any moments where you just kind of feel, and not not specific as far as like the story, like are there are there at any points like when you're when you're in the process where you like where you get so excited you just want to tell someone because I know you've been talking about the 
the collaborative, uh, the collaborations and I, I've reported on them and I love reading about, about them and all that. But it's like, are there moments when you just kind of want to like call or text someone and say, Oh, I just got this great idea. Oh yeah. And I do. I mean, I, I work really closely with certain guys like, um, James Tynan and Josh Williamson. And, um, I share quite a bit with Tom King, but also, uh, Jeff Lemire, even when he was in Marvel, yeah. <laughs> Charles Duell, same thing. You know, we, we trade all the time. So it's a lot of it's a it's a lot of sort of collaboration in that regard. You know, I share things with Steve Orlando and I'm a big sharer. I'm like mm-hmm. a really big big like, hey, help me make this better kind of guy. So yeah. when I have an idea for something I immediately call them and I'm like, Is this crazy or is this stupid or is this good? So I remember vividly when I called Tynan about metal where I was like, um, it was years ago. I mean, this is like literally you're talking, you know, two years ago and I already had most of the story planned in my head of like what kind of thing it was going to be where it was this case that Batman picked up from Hawkman and history and it would involve nth metal and, mm-hmm. you know, but then I, when it clicked and I was like, oh, I'm going to call it metal. I was, I, remember, I was in the supermarket out here, the <laughs> supermarket called Wild by Nature and I was like, oh my God, and I, I was like, it's metal, it's perfect, it's for Capullo, and I put it down my basket, and I was like, standing by the basket so nobody would take it, like over by the chip aisle, and I was just like, mm-hmm. dude, dude, I was like, listen, it's gonna be called metal, and he was like, oh, that's perfect, that's great, <laughs> and I was like, how big a fight do you think it's gonna be, and he was like, that'll be a big fight, <laughs> all right, all right, I'm ready for it, so, because, you know, DC, initially, they were not thrilled with the idea of, um, calling it metal as opposed to dark, you know, yeah. crisis, dark, dark, you know, horizon, <laughs> dark. They had a lot of ideas. There were a lot of... I was saying, I was... About what it could be. Yeah, I bet it was good that one of the ideas would have the word crisis in there somewhere. <laughs> like, crisis. Yeah, and look, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and, yeah, and to yeah. be honest, like, it maybe would have sold a gajillion more if it's called, like, dark crisis, but <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of felt like that's so... I just didn't want that, you know, that's just so, um, that sounds so terrifying to dark crisis, you Mm -hmm. know, like, and the truth of the matter is, Darren, like, for me, I think, um, again, uh, well, initially I didn't want to, I didn't want that baggage on me. I I wanted a kind of Trojan horse in a crisis where Mm -hmm. I felt like it was, I didn't, I didn't want that, the baggage of all that. Crisis always implies that a lot of the time that we're trying to fix continuity or we're trying to make sense of things that need um, reworking. And mm-hmm. a lot of that right now is working well. And with Jeff on Doomsday Clock, and when I laid out metal, he had me out all the way back in December. So you're talking, you know, eight months ago or whatever, um, just to lay it out beat by beat on this big whiteboard he has in his office. And he laid out Doomsday Clock like right next to it. And wow. We cor- yeah, it was great. It was I have a picture of it, pictures of it on my phone, but it was like, you know, every beat and every character and how it worked, and and he was really helpful in terms of building the story and all that stuff. But we really made sure that they coordinated and and didn't you know hit each other in weird ways or have awkward awkward sort of overlap, even though that takes place a year later, a year yeah. after um, metal. Um, but uh, you know, I just kind of felt like he's he's really involved in sort of the explanations of what happened in the past and fixing continuity in the ways that work with that project. So I didn't want to, I just didn't want to call it crisis for that reason. So mm-hmm. anyway, the point is like, but when I pitched the metal, they were like, that's, 
what do you mean metal? What is that? I was like, you know, like metal. I was like, uh, like eighties hairband. I'm like, no, no, it's not that. Like, cause they're all, you know, it's just like, I'm talking to people that are older too. And I'm like, it doesn't mean that anymore. You know what I mean? It means like, listen to this music that Greg and I, you know, and they're like, like Dio. And I'm like, finally, yeah, like Dio. Yeah. Like, like those things, like those yeah. old bands, but it's also like, it's also all these new bands. And I'm like, on top of that, beyond the music, it's a spirit. It means like, you know, thrash, like go out there and be your own rock god and just, yeah. you know, the energy in that Mad Max nutty sort of, you know, racing down the road at a thousand miles an hour just with your fist in the air, like that kind of, mm-hmm. that, that everybody wants to kind of unleash their inner rock god at some time or other. And that's yeah, what and you that's... feel here. It's just like huge guitar riffs. And so I, I, but I did have to fight them. I will say that, like, I had to really argue that point um, a lot. And then when they saw the initial art from Greg and, and um, the cover, they still, they weren't really into it at first because they were like, oh, it's too tongue-in-cheek, it's too whatever. And we were just both really adamant about, like, look, give us a shot. We haven't let you down, I promise. Like, it might not be what you think. And, and maybe it'll be, if we did the safe cover, maybe it would go, you know, over more... I don't know, just maybe it would sell better, maybe it wouldn't, I have no idea, maybe it'd be worse or less excitement, mm-hmm. but my feeling is that um, we want to be honest, and what the event is meant to do is say to readers, let's go have fun together, because yeah. times right now, dude, are stressful. I yeah. mean, like, regardless of your political affiliations, and mine are pretty obvious from my <laughs> social media, you know, in general. Um, yeah, same here. But regardless of whether you're right, left, whatever, it is. these days are exhausting. The yeah. news cycle is exhausting. The anger is exhausting. The animosity and the, the, the divisiveness and the stress of all of it is exhausting. And, you know, for me, I just kind of feel like I used to watch House of Cards, right? I just can't do it anymore. I'm mm-hmm. tired of, you know. And so... You know, I, I wanted to do an event that felt like, come rock out, you know, with your favorite characters, and we're going to go Kirby on you, like, yeah. nonstop, and go Frizetta on you, and it's going to be like Batman riding a dinosaur, and just nuts, let's just do it, and mm-hmm. have, remember the kid joy of picking up a comic that reminded you of your favorite stories, and just went bonkers on you, and yeah. then, is it about stuff that's personal and it, it's about right now yeah 100% it's about like waking up and suddenly feeling like the story has changed beneath your feet mm-hmm. and not only has the story changed but all roads lead to blackness because people um, because you yourself have not been able to sort of overcome the fears that you have uh, and the failings that you have and so now all of a sudden everywhere you look all you see are roads to doom so there's a little bit that's sort of in the zeitgeist about that feeling of a story changing beneath your feet. There's also a lot that's about the way it feels when you feel really hopeless, you know, and as I've gone through at times in my life and you look around and every road seems to lead to some pit. So that that's kind of what the story's about. Um, but, you know, we want to lead with the most kind of um, over-the-top, bombastic, you know, uh, fun that we can because that's what we want people to feel when they pick up this book. I mean, there's literally, like, even the editorial stuff is fun. Like, we made ourselves rock names on the credits page. <laughs> the editors made them for us. But they, 
because I was like, surprise me, surprise me. And their first name for me was the Nerve Wrecker. I was like, I'm not <laughs> calling myself that. That's terrible. Well, and what's fun I, about like, yeah, what's fun about that is me. oh, sorry. <laughs> no, say what's fun. Me. No, <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say, but you know, there's a, there's a point in it where one point where like they're they're fighting in this alien death pit and um. They're trying to save Aquaman is is with Flash and they're looking and Batman is losing and they're like he's getting his hand eaten off almost at one point and Flash to Aquaman's like we we better get we need to go help him or we're gonna have to dig out your old harpoon hand you know what I mean? <laughs> or, or whatever and the editorial yeah. note literally is see the nineties <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's just that kind of stuff where we want you to open it up and be like oh this is a fun one we're just you know it's got a good spirit. They're a little yeah. irreverent. It's a little bit sort of, you know, like a little bit kind of, again, like horns in the air, sort of, you know what, let's have fun. We're all adults and mm-hmm. enjoy this stuff and, and not, you know, not not be so dark and grim. And certainly the, the stakes are incredibly high for the characters and it's going to have big ramifications. But that doesn't mean you can't go in there and remember what it's like being a kid picking up a comic and just yeah. immersed in it, this kind of stuff we were doing in The Forge and the Casting where it's like, you know, and it takes it. I'll say this, and I'll stop talking about it. But it's like it takes a different kind of writing brain for me, which is really fun to mm-hmm. let loose. Where it's like, if we don't shove, like if we don't shove the anti monitor's brain to the rock of eternity to blow up the dark mold, I'm like, what am I saying? Like, what? <laughs> what is that? What are these words? And then you're like, these words are awesome. This is exactly what I would have loved as a kid, and I still love. Yeah. So I'm gonna do it. You know, it's like that. Where it's like the dark energy is coming through the Earth's metal core. If we don't stop it, everything in Skatara, you know, like literally like that, where you're like, you know, it's just a different, it's a different sort of, you know, level of high stakes, out of control, zany storytelling that's a huge joy. Yeah, and you definitely, as a reader, you get that sense. Like there's so many of those, so many of those moments of just pure joy, even with, even with the the heavy subject, I've yet to feel um, I've yet to feel bad reading the story. Like if, if anything, like even as as it's it's impending, uh, as the the darkness is impending, I'm actually more hopeful uh, as I'm reading it, trying to you know trying to figure out what's what's happening next. And what you were saying as far as like with the metal names, that's that actually is is amusing to me as well because it almost feels like the old. Uh, like the old days at, at Marvel when, you know, it is uh, exactly yeah, like that. when it's Stan would, exactly, when yeah. Stan would give the nicknames in the bullpen and you have like, uh, you know, Jolt and Jack Kirby and things like that. So that's, that, the fact that you all are, in, are enjoying it, I think is coming through in, in not only just metal, but in everything in DC Rebirth. I, I hope so. I mean, cause we, we genuinely are <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it's stressful, but, and, like, I had to fight them, you know, for the metal stuff. And, and I understand. Like, they were legitimately, look, here's the argument. Call it Dark Crisis. Have a cover that has, you know, worlds colliding. Mm-hmm. And it will, it's a sure home run. I totally get it. You know what I mean? For sales, I mean. For sales. Well, and, and you know what? And I, I may have to push back with you a little bit on that. Again, as a fan, like, I think, honestly, I think we, we would have read it. But initially, I'm, I would just, from my perspective, it would have been an eye roll. They're like, oh, another crisis. That literally, Dude, I'm glad to hear you say that because that was my argument. It was yeah. like, I don't want that. I want something that says like a different. 
different message that I haven't seen. It's yeah. sort of like, you know, and so that's like from, from page one of this thing, you'll see we're just going nuts. Like I wanted to feel like you pick it up, you open it up, and it's like every, it's like the Forge and the Casting, but Forge mm-hmm. and Casting are slightly, it's got a little bit more humor to it, a little bit more, yeah. it's got, a, it's a little more unleashed than those because with those, the project was very much like, you know, in the school of Jeff Johns with us, um, showing you that this story was going to span the whole DC multiverse, the whole DC universe, and that it was going to be a big mystery that tied to a lot of stuff from the past, and a lot of stuff come, you know, coming up was going to be kind of bonkers and new, mm-hmm. and trying to show you that the stakes of this thing were crazy, and that if you love DC and you've loved anything that we've done in Rebirth or before, their tendrils of this story touch a lot of things, you know? And if not, and you haven't read it, then, like, I, my mom, I know this sounds terrible, but, like, <laughs> my mom is often my litmus test for the stuff, like, lately with this DC stuff, because I'm like, Mom, my mom does not know DC, obviously, at all. Yeah. <laughs> but my parents have been, like, like infuriatingly supportive since I was a child, and I was sort of like, I'm a writer, you're not supposed to always be first in line store to get my stuff, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. you're, you're supposed to be like, we hate what our son does, but they've <laughs> always been, like, I, even when I tried to shake them and I worked at Disney that year, I went mm-hmm. down there to be like, do you want, do you think I need to be working at a publishing house to be a writer? Well, I'm going to be a janitor at Disney World, and then they literally came down to visit and thought it was awesome, and I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? But anyway, my, so my mom, though, I give them to my mom, and I'm like, I, you know, she doesn't know who the anti-monitor is or who you know, Mr. Terrific is or whatever. And I'm sort of like, was that fun? Did you enjoy that? You mm-hmm. know, and she loved the forge and the casting. <laughs> so I was like, I'm good. And I gave her metal. I'm like, and that she liked even more because it's, it has a, the forge and the casting are a little straight. They're a little straight faced about all of it, you know, mm-hmm. which is, it's fun, you know, and, and I, and, and it needs to be, you know, but metal is like bigger and it introduces things that are going to surprise you. Um, Bigger, bigger surprises by far than what that those two did, but it also has a spirit that's a little bit like I said, like those editorial notes, like see the '90s and all that kind of fun of like it has a little bit more kind of um, a little, just a little bit more irreverence, a little bit more kind of you know, mm-hmm. like you're in on the joke with us, you guys reading it, we're all in on the same fun, yeah, sort of you know, we're, we're trying to ride the same fun lightning here, so let's enjoy it. Right, and that's again one of the things I enjoy. Uh, about it is is that it, as dense and immersive as the mystery is, there's never a sense that, hey, we're trying to keep you from something or we're trying to keep something from you or we're just we're trying to keep you at arm's length. It just feels like you guys are, are wanting us to be a part of the be a part of the journey. And that's what what I'm enjoying about it, because I've I've gone back to some of my back issues on a lot of stuff just because like you've all have, you've you've. Uh, reference something that I enjoyed uh, previously, and I'd go back and read that, and that's that's one of the things I'm enjoying about it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, well, it has, that's that's honestly one of the great thrills of it is getting to re- remind people of books that I've loved in the past and getting them to go read them, and it ties to all of our stuff too. I mean, I got this the idea for Metal back when we were doing Endgame, pretty much, um, mm-hmm. but it was it was very nascent then. It was like. Before I knew Greg was going to leave, and we were still kind of talking about it, and I was like, well, what if we build to a first Batman-centric event? It's a Justice League event, because Batman, Batman very quickly in it, gets sort of, um, 
he gets sort of um, take, taken off the table, um, and so they have to sort of get him, find him, and bring him back. Um, but uh, it was Batman-centric, and it's kind of, you know, he's the detective discovering it, and then Superman and Wonder Woman kind of pick up the clues. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had this idea for a mystery where I was like, well, what if Batman discovers a mystery that was begun by Hawkman, and these lives go all the way back to the dawn of man? Um, to now, and all of the clues through history seem to point to Bruce. What if I did something where he starts to discover, or at least to his mythology, if not to him, that something something is brewing in his like his his sort of pantheon of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's there's something hidden there that's going to sort of pull a lever and let this horrible dark multiverse in, and he almost gets so frightened by it that he decides he, he doesn't want to solve it. And then um, it's just kind of, it's too late. He's already gone too far. Yeah. And it all comes here. And so I had the basic shape of it all the way back then. Um, but then as I started um, developing it and stuff, and then I knew Greg was going to leave, I pitched it to him before he left as the thing coming back. So you'll see, if you go back and you read like Batman, even 50 and 51, mm-hmm. I mean, there's stuff even in zero year that um, ties to it now, and obviously there's stuff in Court of Owls and stuff that we sort of went back and did, but um, you can see openly, like, things called out terms, like, in Batman 51 about the owls and what's coming and all that kind of stuff plays out in metal and this terminology in metal. So you'll you'll see that we had it planned for quite a while in that regard, too, and hopefully it'll send people back to enjoy some of the stuff that... Um, we did in the past and you know that that kind of thing too oh it definitely will especially in my case and i love what you're saying about batman because one of the things that's that's been interesting to me about batman's role in this is he's traditionally he's never had the same kind of uh baggage as the other heroes have like he's never had to be like the, the had to deal with like you know like magical history or um or uh, immortal history or uh, being a goddess or being an alien. He's never really kind of had that, that history. And now it's kind of bringing the fact that uh, the fact that the storyline is kind of touching on his, um, like his whole being or his, his past is, is interesting to me. And part of that I was going to ask is actually had a couple of questions. Like, are we going to see any more of the immortals in uh, coming up? Oh, yeah, from the Forge and the Casting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'll see him in issue two. <laughs> 30. Okay. Yeah, and more of them. That oh, was good. Yeah. So you okay. see a lot more. Like, everything you saw in the Forge and the Casting is coming back. Like, you will see, you know, Plastic Man in issue one. You will see Dr. Fate. I might have even been giving too much away there. But you see um, Mr. Terrific comes in to play a big role post um he, he, he shows up again. He's the keeper of the egg, as you know. So when you mm-hmm. see the egg, it means he's coming too. Yeah. But he comes back in in issue three in a big way, and then all the way, he plays a role all the way through. Um, you know, the Immortals, the... Uh, um, I'm trying to think what else is in there. That, I mean, Joker comes back in a different way. You'll see um, in, a, in a different way than you'd expect. Yeah, I want to see that. Sort of a, a guiding role in a different part. Um, so all that stuff in the Forge and the Casting is is not like, hey, look at these mysteries. We're not coming back to them. They're all <laughs> like exactly designed. 
designed for, for metal, even those characters you saw at the end of the casting with those kind of bat skull things, they're an issue too. Okay. So it, everything, the War of Birds and Bats, the Carter's, Carter's Journal itself plays a very big role in the story. Mm-hmm. So you'll see his narration and, and that stuff and everything you were listening to, it, it tails right into metal. So, you know, all of that stuff is, those are, that was like a true prelude, meaning like all of that stuff is, you know, in the, baked into the story in big ways. And mm-hmm. it's just setting up the pieces that I need for it. So, yeah. Gotcha. And, and on that note, my last question I, I have for you, because uh, this is a lot of great information. And like I said, I want, I want people to be as enthusiastic as, as I am. So I want them to go out and read it. I don't want to just, I don't want to tell them like everything, but um, <laughs> like, when are we going to get the between you and Greg and and James and all the when when are we going to get the metal soundtrack? When are we going to get the the Dark Knight oh, metal? I just post I posted a playlist work in progress, so I'm excited. It's on Spotify. Awesome. And it's called DC Metal. It's just called DC Metal, and it's open. It's got like 50 songs, so it's like everything from like the Night Begins to Shine as a nod to Teen Titans Go for Cyborg mm-hmm. to like you know to like. Um, uh, Paranoid, Black Sabbath, you know, Five Finger Death Punch, Mastodon, Gojira, like everything. It's it's all kinds of crazy stuff. It's even got some like Public Enemy and <laughs> like it's 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 everything that feels like breaking the rules, kind of going out there and rocking out in its weird way. All of it. So yeah, but there's a soundtrack, and then my hope is that Greg is gonna. We talk about like you know he plays a mean electric guitar. Mm-hmm. I play nothing. I'm terrible. He, he, he's really great. So we're talking about doing sort of our own soundtrack in a fun way, too. So you'll see. There's some really fun stuff coming up. I mean, they, they withheld a lot of stuff for this one to, like, keep the interest going. So, mm-hmm. for example, the Batman Who Laughs, they decided they didn't want to include him in those first initial six Batman that they released. And he's he's the scariest one. He's their leader. So wow. I'm like, are you sure you don't want to have him out there for the San Diego? And they were like, no, we got plenty. We hit They hit their sales mark. It's already done better mm-hmm. than they hoped, which was really nice to hear. So it's basically, you know, it hit the max that they wanted it to hit uh, sales-wise. So that was a huge relief. I'm very grateful to everybody with their That's initial good. orders. But, so they were like, no, we're going to release it later. And we're going to release, you know, when they see what's in issue one and surprises, we're going to we're gonna release more um, assets and you know, clues coming up and all this stuff. I was like, just dump it all out there early. Please help us sell it. And they were mm-hmm. like, don't worry, it's going to be good. So it was funny because the thing I'll say is like, it really turned like about a month ago. You know, it wasn't a constant fight it, at all. It was like, at first it was a fight. They didn't want to call it metal. They didn't like the cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, they were concerned about, um, they were concerned about the aesthetic of it. They were concerned about, you know, um, just, just, they weren't concerned about the story ever. They were really supportive of the story from day one. Mm-hmm. But they were concerned about the sensibility of it, like the, that we wanted to be kind of so balls to the wall with it a bit and, and yeah. make it, call it metal and have it be be more kind of rock and roll and a little bit more fun and a little less like scary dark and, mm-hmm. you know, a little less known quantity and, and not tying into stuff that you've seen before and, making it an engine of new stuff with dark matter, all that kind of stuff was, they were hesitant. And then Dan just kind of came around on it. Um, like I remember we were talking about the crossovers and he was like, we 
want them, because the crossover is just so you guys understand, if anyone's listening to this, are really simple too. I know a checklist. Like, I just thought a checklist for Secret Empire was like 70 books, which was like a little bit um, amazing to me. Where I was like, yeah. that's incredible. I want 70 books. Mm. But ours is really small. It's like 20 books or something like that total, including metal. Mm-hmm. And it's really simple. It's like there's metal one through six. And between three and four, we're doing Batman Lost, which is him lost in the Dark Multiverse. Mm-hmm. To give Greg a little bit of breathing room and to give some room for Doomsday Clock to do its thing as well. Awesome. You know, we don't want to step on each other. Oh, so it's really, Metal is like six issues with an intermission issue, which is, it's an important issue, so don't get me wrong. And Olivier's doing it. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the story, and you can just read that. It's <laughs> six issues. If you want to know about these Dark Knights that are attacking, then you read the Dark Knight ones called Batman, Devastator, Batman, the Red Death, Batman. The, dark, the man, Batman Who Laughs, those seven are the origins of those characters and what they're doing here in the DCU. Awesome. So, and they tell one story also, so it's like a trade. Oh, cool. It's going to be called like Night, Nightmare Batman or something. Right. And then, so that's one set of crossovers. The Gotham Resistance, which is, you know, four issues mm-hmm. by Ben Percy, um, is as Gotham is transformed, these characters fight to try and save it. So it's like a... It's like a Game of Thrones crazy-ass story with, like, Jon mm-hmm. Snow, Nightwing, and it's really fun. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It's like that with, like, Ice Realm of Mr. Freeze. I'm giving away way too much, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's literally like that with, like, Nightwing, Jon Snowed out, and, like, Green Arrow, and it's mm-hmm. really fun. It's crazy fun. Sounds so like that's, that's four issues to Gotham Resistance. And then the other, the last four issues, which I'm really excited about, are the or the Justice League, Flash, Green Lantern. It's, it's going to be called, well, it was initially called Justice Insurgents, which is, this is what I'm talking about. So it was like, mm-hmm. this is months ago. And I was like, why would you call it that? That's so boring. It's essentially the Dark Knights versus the Justice League and a knockdown, yeah. drag out brawl in like evil bat caves. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why would you, why would you, it, it should be called something awesome like Battle Royale or like Steel <laughs> Cave Match, you know? <laughs> And they were like, will you stop with all this? Like, it's too much. You know, you're, you're going too over the line with it. Yeah, so I'm like, talking to Dan. I'm like, no, there is no too over the line, Dan. Yeah. They, people want to have fun. You want to do this. And he was like, what the hell do you want me to call it? Like, bats out of hell or something? And I was like, stop. Perfect. I was exactly. Like, I 100% want you to call it that. That's that exactly what I want you to do. And I swear to God, he just started laughing. He like paused. And he was like, I kind of love that. Let's do it. I was yeah. like, see, you got it. Like, let's do it exactly let's do it so he's like let's make all the variants like for that kind of rocks i was like yes exactly thank you let's please do it and he was like let's make it you know let's 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 even have like a rock themed rock themed shirt and i was like i love you thank you finally for like coming around and so when we went to san diego they made these three-quarter shirts and stuff that were like baseball shirts that have like metal on the front oh i saw them like shirts. Batman metal and the back was tour dates yeah those shirts are so awesome oh my god i love them they're gonna they ran out in like two minutes and then they're gonna they're gonna make more and sell them actually but they have um cool. they're gonna hand them out at new york too as gifts but they they made i went to the dc party right mm-hmm. and they made like um everything was metal so the drinks were themed after the seven evil batman <laughs> which I had to try, of course, and then was totally, like, wonky. Um, the meat station had, like, metal meat. It was all, like, whatever. Everybody's wearing metal shirts. Mm-hmm. And um, they even had Jameson, which is my favorite drink. I'm Irish, you know, by the 
by the meat and um, playing metal, you know, like, uh, and, mm-hmm. and it was just like, I literally was like, you know what, I, I returned to Jim Lee, I was like, I have officially peaked, I have peaked, <laughs> like, that is the end, I can, like, wander off into the convention center and become a ghost now, <laughs> because I have, <laughs> this party is like, you know, <laughs> like, it just, it was just everything, it was like, literally, I could not have been, I was, it was like my wedding where you're like just overjoyed where you're mm-hmm. like oh surrounded like everybody bought into it everybody was rocking out everybody was having fun yeah. celebrating happy you know it's just like yes exactly like this is what we're going for have some fun with it like they had like a <laughs> like a station a little buffet and it was like they had the picture from crisis mm-hmm. with batman with superman and he they inserted a big piece of bacon over supergirl so he's like <laughs> holding a piece of bacon Yeah, having fun. Because like, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean the story isn't going to have huge high stakes and ramifications. It is. Like, it's big stuff. Like, you're dealing with, you know, mm-hmm. multiverse changing, you know, stuff. It's going to be huge. Like, and the stories that spin out of it and the series that spin out of it. I mean, I have to pick my next, I'm not pick, I have it all set, but I have to, like, I'm spinning this into my next DC ongoing, too. Mm-hmm. You know, all this stuff is like, but so you can, yeah. You but you can. You never have to doubt that. You, you know what I mean. You never have to doubt that we're going to go crazy in terms of the stakes of it. But what yeah. we want is you to also feel welcomed in to be like, you are invited to this party. You are. We want you here. You're one of us. Come in and let's rock out and have fun. But that's then. That's one of the things I that I get from is that this, that it, even with it being uh, big and having a lot of stakes and having moments of it being dark it's still overall celebratory. Like you feel the sense that this is what like, and and this even goes back to, to rebirth. You kind of, you get the sense as a reader is like, you know what, this is what I've been wanting from these characters for a long time. This is, these are the characters that even if I didn't grow up with all of them, I got the sense that, you know, there's, there's a sense in a lot of stuff that, you know, I, I know this character and I kind of know where this, uh, like where this character stands and anything. And I'm, and honestly, like just even from my perspective, like I'm, uh, I was one of those fans that was very resistant to change. Like I, you know, when you say Green Lantern, I think, you know, Hal Jordan, uh, and Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and, uh, and Kyle Rayner. And I was very resistant to, to, to Simon and Jessica, but like rebirth is like, rebirth has made me appreciate uh, those characters. Like, I didn't think anyone could make me like Damian Wayne until I started reading, <laughs> until I started reading Super Sons. Yeah. Like, so I mean, I know, right? I know that's <laughs> one of the magic things of like, they win you over. And yeah. that's, I mean, you know, that it really, we, by force of fun, I mean, that's, it yeah. is like, again, it is dark times. I mean, you know, yeah. in many ways, not, even if you're on the right, like, and you're a big Trump person or whatever. It is dark times because we are all at each other's throats. You're, we're all stressed out. You're all doomed about, like, you know, mm-hmm. we'll prove you wrong, you'll prove us wrong. Like, there's not, it is not a fun time yeah. right now, you know, for anybody. And I think people are stressed in that sense of, um, you know, of joy that comes from picking up a comic and losing yourself doesn't, it, and, and the thing I'd argue is that it's never escapism. Like, I don't believe in escapism, to be totally honest at all, because if something, 
you, if you love something that people are like, oh, that's so escapist. If you love it, it's hitting a primal nerve for you. Right. That means it's not escapist. It's right. It's, something you're right. you're engaged you. with it. It's right. More, yeah, it's relevant to your life because it's it's hitting something that's emotionally um, poignant. And if it's poignant, then that means it's about now, it's about you, it's about your life, it's about the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, in that regard, I, I, I really don't, I just believe it's different degrees of sort of, you know, engagement with the immediate and uh, like engagement with like abstract sort of truths in that way. Um, but, you know, there is no such thing to me as something that's just pure, you know, throwaway entertainment, if it's really good. Yeah. Meaning, sure, there is plenty of throwaway entertainment that's supposed to be um, not escapist, but isn't good, and therefore isn't <laughs> isn't it doesn't matter because you throw it away. And there's plenty of escapist entertainment or entertainment that's supposed to be completely irrelevant, which mm-hmm. isn't good or well done, and therefore it's not. But when you do the stuff like Star Wars or whatever that's supposed to be escapist or whatever, well, it's teaching life truths. Yeah, you find you find emotions that are, yeah. yeah, so you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, point being, I, don't, I think one doesn't preclude the other. I mean, and I'll say, like, I'm certainly, none of this is meant to bash stories that are, you know, of the moment or very much about that stuff. I mean, I've done those, too, and I think there's a huge um, need for them, I think. You know, and, and I do those, I have ones coming, and I did it in Batman. We did issues that were specifically very explicit other times you dig deep into comic book language and sugarcoat everything so it looks like it's not about the moment when it's deeply about the moment and this mm-hmm. just leans towards that kind of thing metal but you know I give I give Nick and what they're doing with Secret Empire a lot of credit <clears throat> in a lot of ways and you know I, I, I know he's a really good writer and I think um, you know I, I, I definitely feel like um, there's a legitimate criticism of, of Captain America being Hydra and all of that, and that, that's a, that's an argument we need to have mm-hmm. the way it was, you know, civilly and, and talk, you know, about, and all of those kinds of things are, you know, are good points and things to bring up, um, but I also would say that I have a lot of faith in Nick to handle those things in the narrative um, well and to pull it off, so... What I mean is, I none of I, I sometimes I say things about how fun metal is going to be and how it's going to be something that's this, and it's seen as like throwing shade at Nick and Marvel and that stuff, mm-hmm. um, or sort of undercutting, trying to sort of dig at the idea that they're doing a story that's that is obviously quite dark and yeah. quite about the moment. I mean, that's not that's just, that's that's on the surface what it, what it is like, um, but nothing could be further from the truth, and that I. You know, tweet about it. I'm, I'm always out there trying to support him and support Marvel, and nothing makes me happier than to see that story doing well and, and mm-hmm. being well received when it is. Because we all, it's a healthier industry when we're all doing well. And again, yeah. I have a lot of faith that he's going to pull it off and that they'll pull it off, and and you know, figure out a way to sort of correct course a little bit when it comes to some of the stuff that people are being critical of them of because they got a great bench, a lot of great creators and editors. Yeah. And I think sure that, they'll, they'll yeah. figure it out. I think that's, I think that's the direction they're going to go with uh, generations and, and legacy coming up. But, um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, they'll, they're, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. They'll correct course. Yeah. So it's just, it's a bummer. It's a bummer when, I mean, it's not a bummer when things are going great. Like, just like we were that, we were on that losing team 
for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like I, you know, I mean, I was protected in Batman and people seemed to generally like Batman. I mean, I had my mm-hmm. critics with it and Greg did too, but we were fine. But, you know, it, it hurt all the time to be in the New 52 and have people so critical and to agree with a lot of that criticism, you know. Yeah. So it was, it was it's, nothing is as frustrating as being inside of it where you're like, well, what if we try this and what if we try that and you know people make other decisions and you go the other way and you know and you 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 see it's all earnestly it's all earnest you know attempts to to make things work it's never people that care it's always people that care trying to fix things and make them better but um you know it's nice to be it's nice to be on a team right now at dc that seems that people are happy with, you know, too. Um, and I'm sure Marvel will get back to not that, not that people dislike them or whatever. I'm just saying, I think, I think, you know, there's some, there's criticism right now, but I'm sure they're going to figure it out. And I root for them to figure it out all yeah. the time. And, and know, I'll be, I know it, they will. Yeah. And I'll be even more political. I mean, even if it's not connecting with everybody, uh-huh. it is connecting with, with a lot of people. So that's, that's, that's be, that's, I'd say that's uh, even like not everything is going to connect with everyone, but the the thing that Secret Empire has going for it is that it is it is sparking a conversation. It's sparking conversation between older fans, newer fans, uh, people who are finding uh, meaning in it, people who are finding um, parallels to today. So I mean, there's uh, I mean, I think if if it's doing anything um, beyond uh, beyond. Uh, sales wise it is sparking conversation and that's and that's definitely a good thing yeah i totally agree yeah. you know so so on that uh it's all good man oh, it's all good yeah. you know exactly so on that note i'm gonna uh i'm gonna let you go scott and say once again how much i really enjoy uh, having these conversations with you and oh, me too dude and well let's do it again and you know i'm going to my sister-in-law this weekend and then I'm back, and then as soon as metal comes out, you know, and we can talk freely about it, I would love to to do that. Cool, you know? absolutely. Uh, uh, and when they announce more about the the Signal series, the Batman and the Signal, mm-hmm. I'd love to talk about that because I'm super excited about it. And Challengers, there's a lot coming out. I'm I'm sort of neck deep in DC, I guess. When I yeah, about it. and that's that's and that I can't okay. wait to to read it and and everything you're doing out, outside of DC. Like I'm not, you know, not to 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 hold you up too long, but I can't wait for, I, I can't wait for witches, uh, to come uh, back. Like, good, man. Yeah, I, I feel like this one's better than the last one. Even yeah. And that's, it. and that's, that's saying a lot. So, uh, <laughs> for you. the, for the superpower fan cast, this is, uh, this is Darren. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and sign off with Scott Snyder and, and, and keep listening out. Cause we'll, we're going to do this again. Once again, thanks for listening. This is Darren. Uh, as always, you can find my uh, articles and reviews on uh, on my website, superpoweredfancast.com. Um, I have I post new content daily, so there always there's always something uh, new to see. You can listen to previous episodes of the podcast, um, and you can leave uh, like feedback and uh, comments, questions. All those things are welcome. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at superpoweredfan. Um, and also, you can uh, in the future you're going to be seeing not only a lot more uh, video content on the website, um, but I'm going to I'm reinvigorating um, the YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube and look for Superpowered Fancast, uh, we had some videos up, um, but there's going to be some more. Uh, look for a, uh, a 
look for a new video uh, coming up in the next few uh, next few days uh, where I do a, a, a trailer rundown of the new uh, It trailer uh, based on the Stephen King novel. And as always, uh, you can email me at superpoweredfancast at gmail.com uh, if you have any uh, questions or concerns or things you want to know. If you have questions for Scott Snyder the next time uh, I do an interview uh, with him, uh, which I think is going to be probably next month. Um, if you have questions, uh, let me know. Um, you can also uh, read uh, my articles, including my previous interviews uh, with Scott on um, the on Geeks Worldwide at uh, thegww.com. And as always, uh, this is Darren for Superpower Fancast saying I will see you next week. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Geeks Assemble! Assemble!